Welcome to Dream Deep. Stories from inside with Molly and Nikki. Together we share stories, interviews, and ideas about what it means to dream deep and live fully. I'm Molly, a mama to three, a wife and owner of a small business in Virginia, Molly Suzanne, a photography company recently expanding to do custom coloring books and acrylic paintings. I'm Nikki Weaver, an artist, a healer, mover, maker, mama to two, wife to one, and currently building work with incarcerated women and women on the outside through a nonprofit called On the Inside, living in Portland, Oregon. Hi, this is Nikki, and I am here with my daughter, Margo, and we're having a little conversation, an interview, if you will, about life, what it means to be living, and challenges we're facing. Margo, welcome. <laughs> Have you ever been on a podcast before, Margo? Mm-mm. Do you listen to podcasts? Yeah. Which ones do you listen to? Like stories? No. Yeah, you listen to Brains On, don't you? Yeah, you and Elliot. Um, and Margo, how old are you? Eight. Eight. Um, what do you think this interview is about? Motherhood. Yeah, motherhood is a conversation Molly and I had. Yeah, so maybe this is about motherhood because you're my daughter, right? Mm-hmm. You shot out of my vagina. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember me telling you the story of how you were born? No. No. Well, do you want to hear it? Yes. Yes. Um, Margo was born. I had Margo when I was 28, for those of you that are listening. And Margo's sitting here staring at me with her big hazel eyes. And one of the things that I remember instantly about Margo's birth was how present she was. She was born in a bathtub with her eyes wide open. One of my close friends was in the room with my husband and I and two midwives. And when she shot out of my body in the water. I almost dropped her in the tub because her eyes were so brilliant, so bright, so present. And she wasn't crying. She didn't make a sound at all. And she had this little sort of smile on her face, almost like she had some kind of secret or like you'd been here before, Margot. It was uh, startling to say the least. And uh, I I remember sort of looking at her and into her eyes, your eyes, Margo, but also wondering if you were looking through me or into me and how amazing it was that you seemed like you knew a lot already and you had just been birthed out of my body. (laughs) Do you remember learning anything about that or hearing that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anything you want to say about that moment or what it means to be alive to you in this moment? One of the things that I think about in terms of motherhood is my mom had me when she was 39 and died when I was 10. And when I thought about motherhood or what it meant to have a child, uh, 28 when I had Margot, 25 when I got married, and my husband, Brian, always wanted to have kids. And I sort of questioned, could I do it? Would I do it? What would that mean? And, and what was the sort of plan? I, I wanted a manual. I wanted something that would tell me how to do it, what to do and when to do it. 
And having a child, becoming a parent, uh, is is choosing risk. Is choosing a, a procedure that is uh, has no warranty, no liability form, uh, and yet it, you're taking out life insurance by by bringing a being into the world, whether you're birthing them or adopting them or choosing to raise them in your life. Uh, I don't think I quite understood. Uh, what that meant until I saw your face for the first time. Mm. <laughs> so Margo, how old are you? Eight. You're eight. Are you going to school these days? Yeah. Yeah. Some school in person, some school mm-hmm. at home. Yeah. yeah. What, are, what are your favorite subjects? Uh, reading and math. What, what do you like most about reading? I don't know. I feel like I go into the book while I'm reading. Even if there aren't pictures, I can see the pictures. Where do you see them? Like in the words. Hmm. Do you see them in your in your mind or like in in your body, your imagination? In your mind. Do you ever draw pictures of what you see in your mind? No, not really. I know people that might not know you that might be listening here for the first time. I know that you're. an avid storyteller. You tell stories all the time, out loud, to your sister, to friends, on the trampoline. When we go for walks, that's one of the things I know that you do in your mind. Is that true? Hmm. <laughs> What's the hmm mean? <laughs> Is that true or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and um, when you think about storytelling, and the stories that you're making up in your mind. Can you tell some people that might be listening about them or, or, or what you love about making up stories? Um, I feel like I feel like it's like interesting because it's like a story that hasn't been told, but I'm making it up. Do, do you ever think of writing them down? Not really. I know you've done a little bit of stuff on stage and sometimes I make up stories and I put them on stage or I, I play other people's stories on stage. Do you ever think about that, that you could write your stories into a script and you would bring them to life in a theater? No, I've never thought about that. Yeah, yeah, maybe you would. <laughs> what, what do you think, what are you doing these days, Margot, that makes you feel or believe that you're creative? Cooking, reading. Mm. Yeah, what, what are you cooking these days? I like cooking um, pies. I just cooked an apple pie. I think not just one apple pie, but two. Two, yeah, two. And we're, we're all having to eat a lot of pie. Because <laughs> one of my pies is already halfway gone. So I think you should get back in the kitchen. And you've distributed your pie to quite a few friends, right? <laughs> and you've already gotten word that you should probably become a baker. <laughs> Do you think, do you think that's in your uh, future? I don't know. Yeah. So being creative at some of the things you're doing, baking. We all love it when you bake. Also roller skating. Roller skating, super creative. Yeah. Have you tried any tricks yet? Yeah. Yeah. What kind? Well, I'm teaching myself when I go fast to like turn and then like around in a circle and then it like slows me down. And that's why I like sometimes jumping on just jumping. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, I can see that when I'm walking with you. And then you also mentioned reading, one of your creative mm-hmm. hobbies. You will sort of disappear into books. I know that being around you for hours and hours, and mm-hmm. it's hard to pull you back into this world. 
<laughs> yeah. What, what do you think? You're eight. You're very creative. You have a lot of friends, but you also like spending time alone. Is that true? Yeah. What do you think is one of the hardest things about being eight years old? Sisters. Sisters. Yeah. I don't, I don't have a sister or a brother or any sibling. So tell, tell someone that might be listening and might know you or not know you or might have a sibling or not. Tell us why that's so hard. She's annoying and sometimes she does not listen to me. Mm -hmm. I, I would say that might be true with friends or family members too sometimes. Mm -hmm. So when she's annoying or not listening, what are some of the things that you work on? Ignore her. You ignore her. Oh yeah. Does that work well? No. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> what, what usually happens if she you ignore her? She starts getting mad at me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Gets mad at you. Yeah. And then are you all able to find a way to come back together? Mostly. Mostly. What would happen if you didn't have a sister? I don't know. Hmm. I, don't, I don't know either. I, I know that I never really wanted a sibling because I had a really vivid imagination and I spent a lot of time, like you, making up stories, writing them down, but mostly playing them out. I had this doll named Sally who was almost up to my hips or almost as tall as me when I was a kid. And in my mind, she was real. She was alive. And so we went on lots of adventures together in my backyard. But in my mind, we were traveling the world and climbing volcanoes and swinging in trees. And she was so real to me that sometimes I didn't need friends for quite a few days. Mm -hmm. So when you think about your sister and she's annoying and... I'm interviewing Elliot, those of you that are listening, our second daughter who's six years old in the future, but for now, <clears throat> you've got Margot. What's one of the best things about having a sister or a sibling? Mm -hmm. She's always there. She's always there, yep. And that's the best or? Mostly the best. Mostly the best, yeah. What do you believe in these days? What do you believe in? I believe in justice. Justice. Tell me about justice. What does that mean to you? All people should be treated equally. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's experiences of that in the world where people aren't treated equally? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like what? Do you know any examples or things that you think about? George Floyd. George Floyd, yeah. What do, you, what do you know about that moment? That uh, he couldn't breathe. Mm -hmm. And what happened to him? Somebody, the police officer put his knee on his neck. Mm -hmm. and, and what happened to George Floyd? He died. Yeah, he died. So was that just to you? No. Yeah. I don't think it was just either. Well, what, what do you think? How does our world, how do we begin to create justice in our world? There's a lot of people that are angry. Working together. Working together. Agreeing. Agreeing. Can we work together even if we have different beliefs and values? Yes. Yeah. How do we do that though? That's really complicated and hard for lots of people, including myself. How do we, how do, we do it? Instead of killing each other, we talk. Yep. Talk until we can figure stuff out and work and what if people don't want to talk though? You got any other ideas of how we should come together rather keep than- Keep trying. Keep trying, keep trying. Are there examples of that in, in your life where you have to keep trying even when you don't want to talk? Yeah. 
You want to tell us about any any of those that you can think of? When something gets too hard. Do you have an example of that? Something like specific? When a math test gets too hard. Mm -hmm. And what happens for you when it's too hard? I take a break. You take a break, yeah. And think about it. And think about it, yeah. And do you get frustrated or sad or angry? What happens like in your body? Yeah, frustrated. And then emotionally or in your body, what happens to you? I like pause mm -hmm. and then think about it for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great thing to do. I often say something called the power of pause that more of us need to take the time to pause. And it's easy, <clears throat> especially for me, to want to rush through things and to mm -hmm. move through things and not feel the weight of them. Because we've been learning about kind of like the power of pause, the, the power of yet. Like, I can't do this yet, but I am going to learn to do this. Mm -hmm. I love that. So yet being a big word of almost like a hopeful word. Yeah, like it's not I can't, it's I can't do, I can't yet. Mm -hmm. What do you think of? How do you use that word for you? What, what can't you do yet? I can't, I can't learn something I don't, most, sometimes I can't learn something I don't know mm -hmm. without wait, learning it first with somebody else's help. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel that way too. Lots of times I have to, I have to take a risk in my life to try something new. It, every day living is about risk taking. Maybe it's crossing a street. Maybe it's trying a new ice cream flavor. Maybe it's trying out a new job or meeting in person with someone you've never met before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think is one of the best things about getting older? Because you're eight, soon to be nine. What's one of the best things about getting older? Learning new stuff. Learning new stuff, like what? Like new math problems. Like instead of I can't do this yet, I can do this. Mm, that's pretty cool. What are you learning to do now that you couldn't do not so long ago? Multiplication tables. Yeah, you're pretty good at those, aren't you? Mm -hmm. Yep. I think about that myself. What am I learning now that I wasn't able to do so long ago? Um, for me, one of those things right now is I'm running further and further than I've run in a long time, you know, mm -hmm. training for a trail run. And I feel super nervous and, and equally excited about it because lots of times I can convince myself that I can't do it. I won't be able to finish or I'll have to stop and ask someone to help me. And even if that was the case, though, I think I would be okay with it because I've spent a lot of time training, yeah, physically, mentally, emotionally, telling myself, I can, I can, I can. And slowly I've gotten stronger. Mm -hmm. What is one thing that you're really excited about right now? Mm -hmm. My birthday. Your birthday getting older. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I'm excited about, I think these days is watching you and Elliot play and teach each other. Just recently you were teaching her how to roller skate. 
because you're pretty strong and, and fluid at it. And Elliot still seems as though she needs a little more support. Mm-hmm. And you're really, really excellent at supporting her. Do you know that to be true? Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, one last question here for you, Margo. I'm curious, you have traveled a lot in your eight years of being on planet Earth. Mm-hmm. Is there an experience or a place that you've loved or enjoyed the most that sticks with you? Africa. Africa? Yeah. Well, tell me more about Africa. Uh, I like the Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. I got to go to school there mm-hmm. and I met new people. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had, there was an amusement park across the street and a regular park. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too, me too. Our family, those of you listening, spent three months living in Zimbabwe and it was one of the most wonderful uh, life-giving, I'll say, experiences of uh, my, my time on earth. Uh, I'm so grateful for the friends and relationship and work. Uh, that I got to experience while living there. Anything else you would like to say here today, Margo? Mm-hmm. We've covered some ground. We've talked about creativity, George Floyd, the power of yet, I can and can't do something, getting older. Do you have any advice for any kids out there that might be listening? that are coming out of the pandemic, maybe headed back to school or getting excited for what's next? Everybody has a personality. Everybody has a personality. Mm-hmm. And? It doesn't matter what your personality is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything more? What does that mean to you? Everybody has a personality. Everybody has something special. Mm-hmm. Do you always notice that right away when you meet someone that you can see something special in them? Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that when I first saw you, your eyes and your tiny, tiny smile were so special. They still are to me, but it was so startling. That's the word I would use for it when you were born. Startling, your presence. You've always had that though, a really strong sense of presence and a really strong focus with your eyes or gaze. I love that. Everybody has a personality and everybody has something special. That's what we got for you today, folks. Thanks so much for listening. I'm going to invite you to take a hand and place it on your heart. Margo and I are doing the same. Just take a deep breath into the center of your being. If you can soften your toes, do so. If you can soften your knees, do so. And if you can lengthen the crown of your head skyward, a sense of lifting your heart into the hand that you may have placed on it. A sense of noticing the chest rising and falling beneath your hand. And this reminder, as Margot said, that you are special. Whether it's something you remember today or not, we're telling you so. You want to tell them, Margot? Yeah. Tell them. You are special. You are special. Thanks for being with us today, and we'll see you next time. Take great, great care.